Welcome to the Advisor Talk podcast channel. This is Nick Stewart, CEO and Financial Advisor at Stewart Group. If you're new to the show, Stewart Group is a CFEX certified financial planning and advisory firm serving clients throughout New Zealand with offices in Hawke's Bay and Wellington. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from a financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge. Craig. Good morning, Ken. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Nice day in Hawke's Bay. Awesome. awesome. We live in a paradise here, don't we? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, a bit of rain over the last few days, but I think uh, the farmers will be happy. Grass is growing. Absolutely. Someone, cattle, cattle be getting fat. <laughs> someone always says we need the rain. I want to meet that person. <laughs> oh, you need to meet my father. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, we're going to talk today about uh, one of your favourite topics, and that is insurance. But before we get there, just remind our listeners... Uh, what the Stewart Group is all about. Yeah, well, Stewart Group, we're a financial planning company in 204 Karamu Road in Hastings. We've got uh, several product lines, uh, wealth management, uh, risk insurance and KiwiSaver. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, reach out to uh, the listener base here. Anybody uh, concerns, worries, questions, we're your financial stewards. Uh, we've got a, a massive team of uh, good financial advisors uh, giving you uh, good advice uh, on, on how to plan for the future. How important is that financial planning? I know a lot of people, for instance, who are you know, living by the seat of their pants, wondering about you know, almost like where the next dollar is going to come from. But yeah. you do still have to have a plan, don't you? Yeah, and, and I think that's, that's the key thing. It's, it's not really about your financial situation per se at the time, but it's actually having a plan to where you want to be. Mm. Without a plan, you, you, you don't have a path to get to that goal, right? Yeah. So that's very much what it's about. You know, um, most New Zealanders have KiwiSaver, right? Yes. So, you know, do you understand uh, how you can utilise your KiwiSaver, how it could be appropriate for you? You know, most people think, well, you know, I can't use it until I'm uh, going to mm. retire. But, you know, there, there are options there for first-home buyers. So, yeah. like, you know, it's, it's those sort of things that you want to consider you know and again wealth management maybe it's not right for you right now but like you know if you want that nest egg you and you want a goal to maybe purchase a I don't know, a batch in Waimarama yeah. or a house in Taupo or, you know, put the kids through tertiary education. It, it's time to come and have a chat with a financial advisor and, and just understand how you can get there. And just reflecting on what you said about uh, KiwiSaver, if you're relatively young, who wouldn't want to be in KiwiSaver? Absolutely. It's the cornerstone of uh, looking after yourself for the future. Mm. So, like, you know, um, it's a great scheme. Uh, you know, obviously you you have to contribute to it, you know. Um, well, you, you don't have to yes. participate, but if you're in it, you should contribute. Your company puts a little bit of side for you as well you you know meet this um the the minimum threshold i think it's about 25 to 30 dollars a month uh you're going to hit the government threshold um and the government's going to give you you know 500 odd dollars on top every yeah. year on no brainer yeah and absolutely i mean you'd lost 500 dollars in the street right you'd pick it up yeah of course <laughs> that's right now before we get on to your topic uh, i just heard an article on the radio a couple of weeks back and they were talking about your retirement mm. and they were saying that uh, if you want to live and I guess they were presuming that you might own your own home at this point. They mentioned the figure that if you want to sort of have a a reasonable existence, then you want to have at least $70,000 at your disposal. But if you wanted to maintain a pretty good uh, retirement, then you'd want to have 
I think it was around about $470,000 in the bank. How realistic is that for the average person? Well, it just depends on everybody's personal circumstances. Yes. And I think that that's, that's, the, that's where we step in at the Stewart Group, right? We're, we're financial advisors. We, we look at everybody's individual situation. It's not a one-fits-all solution. It's very much bespoke. Um, we look at you know where you're at now, where you want to be, and how you want to get there. Um, there's all sorts of different factors, yeah. you know, um, how much you're earning, uh, how much your potential could earn mm. in the future, um, what time of life are you at, have, have all the kids flown the nest, are you a young family? It's all these types of considerations that you need to look at. And, you know, I think sometimes the media, and, and no disrespect to yourself, but sometimes yeah. it can be over-sensationalized. Absolutely. And some of those numbers, you know, they probably are relative. It, it comes back to just being the, the bespokeness of, of, of how we can get to where you want to be. Like, everybody's got different goals, right? I mean, you know, and, and people have different expenses and, and different things that they consider luxuries. So, um, you know, it, it's very much about putting it onto paper, having that plan, having a road to follow and understanding that, you know, ultimately you'll, you'll get to where you want to get to and achieve those. Another interesting point that you just raised there, that uh, the media can have an immediate effect on the way people think, can't they? That um, I think, with, like with anything, one, it's about diversity with your finances or your financial mm-hmm. situation. The other is being there for the long haul. Absolutely. And, and that's very much about financial planning, full stop. Yeah. You know, uh, stay the course, stick to your plan, being diversified, so have a little bit of KiwiSaver, have a little bit of savings, be it a piggy bank. You know, the last time we chatted, we yeah. were talking about educating children around piggy banks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Those are just the fundamentals that yes. work for adults as well, right? Yeah. You know, not taking on unnecessary debt. You know how everybody are feeling out in the in the community at the moment with high inflation, cost of living. Potentially laugh about it, but you know you can't go to the grocery store now and not spend a couple of hundred bucks and yeah. get a few few bags of groceries, and you just wonder where that money has gone. It's Putting controls in place, understanding what your luxuries are, what your treats are, do you really need it? And and sometimes, you know, even if I look at things like um, the cost of fuel, like having an app if you're tech savvy, you know, there's apps out there that'll show you who's got the cheapest fuel at any one time. I use it all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the couple of extra cents it may cost me to find that petrol station, if you're filling up your tank, you're going you're gonna to get the yeah. money back in savings, right? So it's it's being... Uh, clever about how you spend your money on a weekly basis yeah. and, and having that budgeting and just being strong and in, in maybe not having as many treats as possible. Yeah. I've always been a bricks and mortar guy in my youth and yeah, you know, sure. I've, I've owned rentals and now I'm out of that market altogether. But has that bubble burst? Has it, you know, I remember speaking to one of your associates a few years ago because this yeah. show's been going for a while and uh, he was saying that bubble is going to burst. And it, yeah, and it never I, seemed to burst, but has it burst now? I don't know. I mean, I, I was reading an article in the, in the press yesterday, and you know, I think there's there's some way to go. I mean, they they talk about the bottom of the market. I think Hawke's Bay was uh, presented about five point two percent off uh, compared to, to last year. Um, you know, um, d- does it have some way to fall further? P- potentially, it's definitely a buyer's market. Um, but you know, again, it, it, it's uh, it's that challenge, right? Um, you know, we we never advise our clients to chase the markets because the markets always win. It's it's going the yes. long long term. So you know, if if you feel it's the right time to buy a home now, then it's the right time to buy a home now. Yeah. Um, and it could potentially drop even further. But it, again, you just don't have that crystal ball. It's the same in a, in an opposite market where you know you're um, trying to sell. You know, it's it, it's not without its challenges. No. Um, I think supply and demand is also playing a, a big role in, in the New Zealand housing market at the moment. I think there's still capacity. You know, uh, I know you know 
the government's trying to build homes, uh, private builders are trying to build homes as quickly as possible. We're probably still seeing some supply chain issues falling over from COVID mm. um, and, and getting those homes uh, out of the ground. But like, you know, where I live in uh, Tiawa and Napier, the homes are springing up yeah, almost overnight. So, um, you know, th- th- there's, there's that factor to play as well. Um, I, I believe for the long, well, the short to medium term, we're always going to have a housing shortage. And I guess on uh, regards to what you're in, if you buy and sell on the same market, you absolutely. probably can't go wrong, can you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're selling a down and you're buying a down yeah. um, in a high, right? It, it, it works both ways. So you've got to take that 40,000-foot view. Um, you know, if, it, if it's the right time for you, you can afford it, you've got your finances in place, then it's the right time for you to buy a home. Let's talk about insurance. Why yeah. do we need insurance? Well, I, I think... Insurance is part of the jigsaw puzzle that people sometimes maybe forget. Um, you know, it's insurance is, allows you to get to your financial goals, right? So, you know, the, it's, it's like traveling a road. So, like, you know, um, I went down to Wellington with a mate last weekend and say I wanted to buy a holiday home in Wellington. So, you know, we all know that road, financial road I need to travel to get to that holiday home in Wellington, and it's full of potholes, right? Mm. So your insurance policy allows you the comfortability. If you hit one of those potholes and blow a tire, you're going to get a replacement tire. Yeah. In effect, the the allergy is um, allowing you to get to your financial aspirations because uh, we all know there's going to be bumps in the road. So it could be, I mean, it's slightly morbid, right? But I mean, we all know what life insurance is about. Yes. It's, you know, it's an insurance that, basically pays out upon your untimely demise fairly black and white you don't have it for you because you're gone mm. but you have it for your loved ones and and your dependents that you potentially leave behind mm. because no, no one wants to um you know burden uh, a partner with debt so you know it, the expectation is that life insurance policy will cover that debt because you know worst case scenario um it's pretty horrible but you know the banks if debt's been left behind they, they won't be repaid and if you can't repay it from cash reserves you might have to sell that asset which could be your family home exactly and uh, that makes perfect sense of what you're saying right there but now we're looking around ourselves at the moment and the economy is pretty flat and a lot of people are hurting yeah. and uh, just even from my own experience uh not that many years ago, I was the proud owner of a Harley Davidson, yes. and the, uh, the insurance poly, policy was excruciatingly yeah. expensive for full cover, which is what I would normally have on my car. Yeah. So I decided I took the option only of third party. Sure. Uh, so at least if I had a, a Rolls Royce, or what, at least I was covered. I might not have my Harley Davidson again, um, but that could be a problem as well, couldn't it? If you take the minimum insurance. Yeah, I mean, there's many options out there. Like, you know, if we're, if we're looking at uh, fire in general, where you refer to, mm. you know, like home contents and stuff like that, I think not having anything is not really an option, but having something is is always going to be better than nothing. Yes. In the article that we, we put out, you know, we allude to the fact, you know, we hear about these horror stories of families losing their homes mm. to fire and they've had no either uh, house contents uh, insurance, you know, um, we're doing just give me pages and stuff like that to try and, uh, you know, put them back to a point where, you know, they relatively can carry on. But it's working with a, an insurance broker. Um, you know, Stuart Group don't do fire in general, but we, we definitely yep. have uh, close partnerships in, uh, in Hawke's Bay that we can ha- help our clients refer to. And it, it's, it's working and making sure that you do have something because at the end of the day, you, you've built up this asset, right? So why would you put it at mm, risk? Exactly. And, and we know fires happen. This, this is the thing. I think people maybe 
just in general, but maybe in New Zealand, we always feel that we're a little bit bulletproof. Yes. And it's not going to happen to us. And we know it does. Benjamin Franklin said there's nothing more certain in life than death and taxes. Mm. So why won't we have life insurance? That's right. I wonder on a scale of 1 to 10, Craig, and uh, we get our pay packet, we open it up. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most important thing, how high up on your, for instance, on your pay packet is insurance? Where does that come in? It has to be as part of your financial well-being. It's, it's part of your financial planning. It's, it's an actual integral part of looking after your wealth, looking after your assets. Yep. For me, if I was going to give it a number, it would be an eight, right? Yep. Um, because I, I'm fortunate enough to, to own a home. Um, I'm not going to put it at risk. Mm. Um, I, I have debt, like every New Zealand yes. does. <laughs> yeah. And so I want to make sure that I don't leave that debt behind for my partner. So I have life insurance. Uh, I also have you know other insurance products where you know we we're very fortunate Ken in, in New Zealand industry uh, insurance industry it's a very strong market there's some excellent uh, insurers out there reinsurance companies so we are very lucky there's a, a wide range of products that we can utilize to, to help support us as we you know travel through the trials and tribulations mm. of life you know and um, I refer to things like trauma cover you know yeah. we call it the living insurance right it's a lump sum payment you get stroke cancer heart attack um, severe diabetes I mean there's there's a list right that will cover you it's it's very plain and simple you you have one of those ailments you send you you get us involved we process a claim for you and the insurer plays out mm. lump sum you know it, it allows you to take time off from work yes. it allows you to take uh whatever you need to recuperate because the, the understanding is you, you haven't passed right so it's those types of insurances that you know are very important and i think people would be actually quite surprised they're not overtly expensive yeah. You know, so you know, we we pick the right levels. We we look at your situation again. It's part of that full financial planning that we do. We look at the overall requirements and we we consider the risks associated to it, and use insurance to help cover people for that. I guess the uh, type of person that might come and see you, Craig, uh, is probably a bit more savvy than say the person who doesn't. You know, don't no, no disrespect to anyone because you know mostly we just live our lives uh, day by day. And you know, my own example, I'm nearly seventy years old, and in my uh, 50 plus years of working I have had five days off wow. uh, down to sickness and I, I, I'm one of those guys I consider myself to be bulletproof sure. and I might say oh I don't need insurance look at me I'm nearly uh, 70 never had a sick day in my life yeah. that's the problem with that she'll be right attitude isn't it it is you know and again an, another product out there income protection you know it's it's what happens when you, when you can't continue to work how do you mm. support your family how do you make your payments how do you how do you pay your mortgage it's that it's those sorts of things so like you know if we look at income protection um you know um i think we're very lucky we've just we've just had um the statutory uh, sick days increase from five yes. to ten in the last probably six or eight months um but again 10 days is not a long time right um mm. you've got a bad flu or a really heavy cold or something like that and you can use up your 10 days very very quickly yes you can in, in a year and and all of a sudden you know your employer's going hey hang on a minute you've got no sit days left you know and you know you have to take days without pay you know you know so you either got a very understanding employer and they give you more than 10 days or they understand when you once you've used your 10 days that you can have more but um you know not all employers out there are like that so you know uh, disability insurance is is definitely key it's it's part of the package that we would consider when uh, working with a client you know how, how to cover their their uh, gross salary yeah. uh, uh, on an annual basis can you do that out of the average salary when I, when I talk the average salary I'm probably talking uh, my peers for instance 
Um, most of my peers are probably on 50 or 60 grand a year. Um, some of them have got mortgages. So well, when you're talking to people like that, are you, are you saying to them, hey, look, you know, you're getting the average salary, which is not a hell of a lot. Um, you've got to have mortgage insurance. You've got to have insurance on your wages in case you get sick. You've got to have life insurance. You've got to have health insurance. If you're thinking about going anywhere, you should have travel insurance and you should have home and contents. You've got to have car insurance. Wow, yeah, it's a lot of insurance, isn't it? It, it is, you know. And but I, I think I think what you do, you know, as financial advisors, what we do is when we sit down with our clients, we're not selling products for the sake of selling them. No, we're, we're, of we're we're making informed decisions based on our clients' circumstances. So in my mind, it doesn't really if you if you earn a salary, it doesn't really matter the amount of the salary. The insurer would want to would, would want to cover you for that. Yes, um, if if it's deemed uh, you know you're you're potentially at risk so you know package options you know the it's very very um strong market so you know if you you put a life and a trauma and an income protection package together then you know there could be some discounting there so again the perception is a lot of these insurance policies are expensive or luxuries um and i really urge the listeners out there to consider if they don't have them you know to pick up the phone give us a call come and have a, a chat with us first hour's free uh, come and come and speak to me, mm. and tell me what the concerns are. Tell me what the worries are, and then we work through uh, a, a program of insurance policies that fit the budget, minimise the risk, yeah. and, and, and make people feel comfortable. You know, it's it's the things that keep you awake at night that we want to try and resolve. Uh, so obviously, you can have not enough. Can you ever have too much insurance? I mean, um, that's you... actually a really good point, Ken. So uh, when we talk about income protection, and I, I won't go into great detail, but you can actually be overinsured. So part of our jobs as uh, financial advisors is once we've established a relationship with our clients is to continue that relationship. Mm. And um, we're very much ensuring that, you know, we want to chat on a semi-regular basis, yep. be it six months, one year. Uh, and, and we want to um, talk to our clients about, you know, lifestyle changes. You know, you've bought a home or you've got a holiday house or you've had children or your children have gone to a tertiary education or you're retiring. It's all those types of things where you should be thinking about, oh, what about my insurance? Mm. You know, um, the, the, it's all the, it was all that type of stuff. So it's very important. Do you ever get surprised at how many people that you come across aren't insured? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's inherent an inherent problem in New Zealand that, um, you know, the majority are either no insurance or underinsured. Mm. And when I say underinsured, they probably don't have all the products that they probably should have. Mm. And again, it probably comes back to this um, bulletproof uh, ethos, which is unfortunate. And, you know, and one thing we haven't talked about is health insurance. And again, you know, I think a lot of people probably have a misconception about how they would be supported. Again, um, no disrespect to the national health here in New Zealand. You know, we, we definitely have a national health service. It's 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 reasonable, but you know, having private health cover mm. allows you to um, avoid the waiting queues. Uh, yes, you indeed. get to see specialists when you need to see specialists. And again, um, I think people were very surprised. It's not really overtly expensive. Actively encourage people while they're young to get health insurance because. If you get underwritten when you're young, you know, you've, you've got that cover until you yeah. cancel it. And I think you make a really good point there that, um, you know, I know people who've been waiting for hip operations or knee operations Absolutely. for years. They've been living in yeah. agony for years because they haven't got um, the twenty or $30,000 that it might cost in yeah. this day and age to fix up a knee or a foot or, or whatever. So, yeah. You can be penny wise and pound foolish, can't you? Absolutely, and um, you know the, the the monthly cost versus, as you say, the the cost of surgery. Um, I think 
think knees are about $26,000. Yeah, wow. um, so, and hips probably a little bit more, thirty if not $40,000. All those types of surgeries, are, uh, even on the most basic of uh, health covers, are supported. It's been good talking to you about insurance. Craig, if uh, someone wants some sound advice, financial advice, uh, with regard to insurance or any of the other services that the Stewart Group offer, how do we get in touch with you? Uh, so we're at 204 Caramel Road uh, in Hastings. My name's Craig Patterson. Uh, my direct line is 6 So if anybody's got any insurance queries, concerns, issues, questions, even if you have cover and, um, you know, maybe you were sold cover through retail uh, supplier, through your bank, um, you know, we're, we're open to having a chat. We'll do a review with you and we can talk about where you're at. Where